looks well, and it's he a, looks like oh, oh sorry. I was gonna say I was, I was it, gonna say it's <laughs> <laughs> you go Chelsea. You're Let's going. edit this. <laughs> Hi, I'm Abby. I'm Chelsea, and I'm Paul, and this is Three to Beam Up. Today we're going to be talking about season two, episode six, "The Doomsday Machine." I hate to start with the costumes, but... But let's start with the costumes. <laughs> let's start with the Wait, costumes. Just... Uh... Wait, this is not on my radar. <laughs> what, is oh. what is up with oh, the costumes? Oh, it is in mine. I literally have a note, Costume Corner with Abigail. <laughs> okay, I, this is, I'm completely blindsided. Tell me about the costumes. Well, first of all, Kirk is in his fat Kirk shirt. His, his like, wraparound pajamas. <laughs> Which is an amazing shirt, by the way, but is not the same color as any of the other command uniforms. I do not understand the shirt at all. The signia is in, is like sideways. And down on his tummy. It is, it is not a flattering shirt for him. It is not a great color. Like, there are so many things wrong with this tunic. So I've read <laughs> that the reason the shirts are like that in this season is because, yeah, he got too chunky. For the, his regular costume, <laughs> which oh, does sound it right. Just, they're also my other note for the costumes for this episode is what is the insignia on Commodore Decker's? That shirt? was mine too. What is that? Insignia? It's like a twisted rope thing. I'm very confused. I was, it was perplexing, and I never found a good explanation for what that insignia is. Yeah, is it because he's a commodore? I don't know. No, I think that's the the ship because each ship has their own little logo thing. You see, really? Yeah, you see that on uh, uh, Enterprise, the other TV. Yeah, all the ships in Starfleet have a different logo. So that like that thing, the little like quasi triangle thing that's uh that we're so used to that actually is just the enterprises logo huh yeah mm, and there's that but, used elsewhere? but the starfleet command logo is logo that same has it. i think it's because it's their flagship oh maybe mm. i don't know either way i was confused and also kirk's tunic just threw me off because it looks like pajamas yeah because whatever ship gets lost in the mirror universe they find that ship in enterprise and they have a different logo too in the, mm. and they have the TOS style costumes. Mm. I forget what that ship is. We'll get to that episode. Yeah, I've, I've scanned through my notes and I did not pick up anything on on costuming. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're falling behind, Paul. Yeah, get I, with I, it. Come I, on. Feel, I feel like I showed up to a test and I looked at the first question and I was like, "Is wait, <laughs> what class? What class was I in?" <laughs> <laughs> not the same one, like, apparently. Boy. And as soon as you said it, I'm like, wow, yeah, I guess you're right. And like, oh, yeah, he did have a weird logo. But boy, yeah, I'm just <laughs> blind to that on that this one. So kudos. Paul gets a non-participation <laughs> for today. Oh, check minus. Yeah, that's an check F minus. minus. That's how I grade it. <laughs> that's an F minus. Yeah. It's the low end of F, so zero? I'm, I'm a harsh grader. What can I say? So lower than zero. <laughs> Brutal. It's hard to say. 
So, okay. so I'm, I'm going to toss out there. Um, I'm, I think we've had fun with this, but um, I'm just going to say <laughs> three, two, one. And then do you like this episode or don't? So um, let's, we could do thumbs up, thumbs down. So say up or down uh, on, 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 they'll do three, two, one. Ready? Okay. Three, two, one. Down. Up. All right. I thought it would play out like this. <laughs> a, a, a two to one. I didn't know who would not like it, but um, what don't you like about this episode? Charles? Me? Oh, I think it's so boring. I think the pace is so slow. And to the beginning, there's like a lot of promise. It seems really interesting, but then it's just drags and drags and drags. And it feels like they're just killing time all over the place. Like the fight between the Commodore and the guard, how that takes like six minutes and is ridiculous. Between those, those two uh, stuntmen? Yes. <laughs> well, what? What? Stunt people? Are you serious? <laughs> no. It's. I mean, I really, I would really love, it, it must have looked a lot better um, if you're watching this 60s, 70s on a, on a CRT, a small CRT, not an HD, um, it must have not been so obvious that it's a full no, body shot of someone it's who's not. Because I, I watched this episode both ways. <laughs> I watched it remastered and then I watched it the original because I wanted to see the difference, especially with the effects, with the machine, oh, the Doomsday uh, Machine. Uh, ooh, I would love to hear what you have to say about yeah, that. Yeah, well, but, and yes, no, the fight. The yeah, really. The, no, the fights, you can't tell they're different people at all. In, huh. in the unmastered version yeah in the, in the hd remaster on like a big tv yeah um it's just like oh that's a person standing there who's not the same person right but, no it's it's much because it's all fuzzy yeah that makes sense well, so yeah how do the I effects really... look in original oh um the, not the, HD, the machine is actually shaped the same so it's like a blurry blob. So they, I think they did a good job updating it. They just made it like crisper and look like a real sort of object instead of like a blurry thing. The damaged ship just looks like they took a picture of the Enterprise from far away and then made it a little fuzzy. So that's ridiculous. <laughs> and like they look at this thing that just looks like a whole Enterprise and then they're like, oh, it's clearly been under attack. So in the remaster... <laughs> The constellation, I think, looks great, though. Yeah, in the remastered, it's um, amazing. It looks like it's like torn to pieces. And yeah, especially when they're tr when they're flying it, mm -hmm. and it's like you know one of the, one of the whole engines is basically destroyed. Like it, it's a, I mean, it's a great remaster. I guess is what we're saying. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, Paul, if you go to Memory Alpha, there are comparison shots for this episode. Really? That'll yeah, yeah that show you how it was in the original and then how it was in the remaster. <laughs> so it's actually kind of nice. Interesting. That would have been a lot oh, faster yeah, wow. than watching both. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> huh. Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't look horrible in the original. No, it really doesn't. None, just, none of it looks that bad. Yeah, I mean, why? It's one of those where like, I see how they did it. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just you see what what settings you tweak in Photoshop, but um, boy, that's a good yeah. They did a good job, even in the original. They did a pretty good job. Yeah, yeah with what they had. It's pretty good. Hmm. For sure. I did have a sense. question. Like my my. Boy, and I have to blame I, I have to blame Burns for this this ship nerd corner moment. Um, so constellation, um, they I know there are constellation class ships, right? Um, and it, I had this question of like, is the constellation a constellation class ship? Because they also Ooh. name the class of ships after the first ship. So like galaxy uh, class cruisers, oh. a galaxy um, constellation class ships. There should be a constellation. Constitution class ships, which the um, Enterprise is, right? I believe um, there's a constellation, USS Constellation or Constitution. 
Um, so I was looking into it. I was like, oh, is this going to be a constitution constellation class ship? <laughs> Boy, too many words that are almost identical. Um, but it's not. It's a constitution class ship, the same as the Enterprise. Yeah, that's what which I I'm thought. assuming um, they did because they used the same, like you said, they used the same model yeah. and they just made it look a little dirty. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there was. I, I'm not sure how that fits in then because this kind of should be its own a class constellation class ship. Um, unless they built another constellation after this, I didn't dig into it. That would make a bit more sense to replace this one, and that one was a constellation class. That's probably how. Let's go with that. That would make sense canonically, I, I suppose. But yeah, sure. I think we're um, dealing with a cl- low special effects budget. <laughs> yes, but it is the case that yeah, that is something I I picked up that that the ships get named in that way. So Sweet. it was confusing when I first read it. I was like, or watched. I was like, oh boy, are we going to get to see a constellation class ship? And then and then you don't. So it's a little let down, but. So why'd you guys like this episode? I I just really dug it. Like it was. I do too. Oh, I really like this episode. Really? I, yeah, I was. I had forgotten. I think all of this episode when Same I was watching here. it. I was watching it, going, "Have I even seen this? I know I've seen this one, but I remember nothing." And then I just been like, "This is a really good like character episode. Like you really, yeah. it's just real good." And I think. Once I realized, and it took me longer than I am proud of, um, that it was a Moby Dick in space, I was like, oh, that's why I like it. That's a perfect, (laughs) I was going to search for that. I was going to walk around that and not get there. And that's, you nailed it. Um, Yeah. It's it's Moby Dick in space. Yeah. It it is. And I did not realize that until later, until I was, you know, reading Memory Alpha, not thinking about it, just being like, you know, he was, Decker has issues and whatever. And like, this was... I think I might have even thought like his white whale, and then and still not made the connection because I am dumb sometimes. <laughs> it, and it, it's, it's such a wonderful trope, right? It is such. Well, a, yeah, I yeah. think I think that's it. It's so embedded in the culture anymore of of that that thing that you're obsessively searching for and obsessively trying to grapple with that you could you barely think anymore that's oh yeah it's Moby Dick that's but, what this but is. It, they also do a great job on the stakes of it right it's Moby Dick in space but Moby Dick is also like has an h bomb on its back and right right yeah. like it's there's stakes here that are big and and so Decker is not just this wild captain like he's he's at least he's making arguments that are, then then that makes it harder to say oh he is just crazy which which spock right. tries to do right right well, um i mean i think his ptsd here um is is really well acted and he's definitely boy this actor yeah that's one of my favorite things about this, this episode um he does this so well and he does it with like the the well past five o'clock shadow but not quite to a beard yeah <laughs> um, it's the, yeah, they like, did a good job of making him look like a maniac yeah. His face is perfect for this. He, I mean, his expressions are so good. How he goes from like a ten to like a two, like in second, like it's just over and really over impressive. Again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and just it's just it's a lot. Risen. I mean, right? Yeah, for looks, sure. Well, and it's a, he looks like oh, oh, sorry. I was gonna say it's, I was, I was gonna say it's t- <laughs> <laughs> you go, Chelsea. Let's go. edit this. <laughs> uh, what I was gonna say is um, <clears throat> it's also a great moment for Bones, right? Getting to be the caring, nurturing type, where Kirk's just like shaking him and like trying to get it out of him, the information he needs. And yep. Bones is like, "Oh my god, like yeah. chill out, this well, guy's shell." I have a note about that where I'm just like, 
Kirk is yelling at him. I'm like, dude, he has been through some stuff. Chill out. <laughs> like, do you need to take a, a, you know, chill out with your Gryffindor. You need to take a note from the Hufflepuff here. Let's, let's, like. What? I, I, it also, one of my favorite Bones-isms, um, the Bones, did you ever hear of a doomsday machine? And he comes back, no, I'm a doctor, not my kid. Yes. I love that one because it's so, <laughs> such a misinterpretation of what Kirk is asking. Which is amazing. Um, it's so perfect. It's so good, though. It's yeah. so Bones. Bones is like the bonesiest he has ever been. This is a very episode. Bones episode. If only yeah. he was walking around Scotty. with a glass of bourbon. Scotty is very Scotty-y. Scotty is right? very Scotty Kirk in is this. Kirk is very Kirk-y. Spock, Spock is very Spock. Very like, Spock. Very yeah, the characters are on Everybody point. is very much, yeah, I, I, they're very much at a point where you know who these characters are and how they would yeah. react in this situation. And it all goes very much to character. Yeah. Spock, you know, not stepping down and obe- obeying Decker. That is very much what Spock would do. And Bones being like, dude, he is insane. <laughs> like, you need to make him stop. Yep. His very Bones. <laughs> yeah, I think it, it is one of those where, like, the plot, is very simple you have this, oh yeah you have v'ger right yeah. we also have to make a comparison to v'ger v'ger's coming and gonna destroy the galaxy right um and you have to stop it and the rest the rest is all character um that's the yeah plot. it's very it's a lot of character work yeah um i could not help but think that this looks just like v'ger from the motion picture um but i, I <laughs> no. can go back and look at pictures of v'ger um but they they have to have at least drawn a little um, inspiration from that from this well I think I think the the motion picture drew a lot from the series in general sure. yeah. and just kind of slapped it all together yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> oh dear so speaking of Kirk uh, relieving Decker is that allowed what he did well I don't think so <laughs> I think that's why Decker was like I'm going to step down because I don't really have much of a choice, but also I'm going to make sure that the record notes that I did not need to do this and that you are insubordinate. Because essentially he just gets to like, there's no medical reason. There's no like authority reason, you know, there's no, you know, nothing like that. So it just goes down to his personal authority. Basically. And I think it's the loyalty of the crew too to Kirk that's just gonna be like, Well, he's our captain and you are acting crazy right now and trying to kill us, so we're gonna go with our captain. Well and, and the way Spock sums it up, like if we get back to a starbase, file a complaint. Right. <laughs> right. I'm trying to get us back to a starbase. Right. Yeah. I think yeah, I think technically yes, they are out of order, but I think in the long run that Kirk's Kirk's of you have are having some problems and maybe I don't want you to kill my crew is is a good call. <laughs> this is like the this is the reason that Kirk's my favorite captain. It's stuff like this. Yeah. But it, it is one of those it, and this is where I think it does it builds on that Moby Dick part of this in that there isn't a clear like you could see Decker's side, you could see Kirk's side. Like they do have to stop this thing and then the question is how. And nobody has a good answer until the very end. Right. Um and Decker is saying, well, we just have to try as hard as we can. We just have to brute force this. And Kirk is making a case of, no, we need to, like, you might have to lose a battle here to win a war. Right. Um, which are both, they're both arguments. Whether or not they're both compelling arguments is, the closer they are, the better that the whole episode plays. So, hmm. Yeah. So I have a million other questions. <laughs> My first question you is, do, is there money when he says, Scotty, you just earned your pay for the week? 
I thought about that too because I was like, aren't we at a post-monetary society at this point? But okay, I mean, sure. You could just be using an old, you know. That's true. It's an old Earth saying. Yep. Okay, so the consensus is there is no money. No, I don't think so. It, it's oh boy, I for, I'm going to forget what it is. I want to say it's an XKCD comic. It's my favorite. Like, I feel like it is. Um, but the idea that like someday, if humanity continues on, right, someday in the far future, somebody will say something like, "We'll say, may the force be with you," and that'll be the last time it's ever said. Um, and somebody will say like, "What is that?" And I think the line in the comic is, I, I don't know, it's something my grandmother used to say. <laughs> like, and that'll just be the last time that saying is ever said. But the same with something like, well, you're in your pay. Hmm. Um, Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I agree with that statement. Slash comic. <laughs> I really want to say it's an XKCD. But... It sounds like it is. Speaking of, did you guys know there's a new comic out? Star Trek uh, and Transformers, I think it is. No. No. I'm going to go pick it up today. <laughs> I think they're on the second <laughs> issue. Oh, a physical oh, paper. Yeah, comic. it's like okay, a real nice. comic. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I believe it. <laughs> and and it's the T.A.S. I, T- oh, I have the Star Trek Doctor Who It's T.A.S. Crossover. It's the original animated series and Transformers. <laughs> of nice. course it is. <laughs> I also did just look it up. It is an XADCD comic, so. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> but so... Um, Boy, what other questions do you have about this episode? Well, so talking about the machine, first of all, I, there's like a lot of sciencey questions. Sure. It's giving a pure photon beam or projecting a pure photon anti, beam. Anti-proton beam. Oh, is that what they said? They say anti-proton. Okay. Can um, that destroy a planet? Um. So, I mean, there's a lot of other questions about what an anti-proton beam would do. But yes, if you had a pure anti-proton beam that you were firing at things, it would destroy stuff. Okay. So anti-protons... <laughs> Uh, when they interact with protons, um, would annihilate into energy. So any, if you hit anything that has protons in it, which is to suffice it to say most matter, um, you'd get a pretty pretty big uh, energy release from it. Okay. Um, how you create a pure anti-proton beam would be a different story, but yes. And how you contain it. Say it would be powerful. So you contain yeah, it with... We're basically saying this is a black box machine from an ancient race. From a different galaxy. To... Don't forget the different sure. galaxy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yes, uh, the question I had that is an extension of, of that is at some point they get hit by that beam. And my, my note was, wait, did they just get hit by an anti-proton beam? And like... Survive? They should be a lot more, they should be a lot more damaged than they are. Yeah. Um, but yes. There's, yes. Okay. If you make the, the <laughs> leap of this thing can fire an anti-proton beam then yes, it can cut planets in half. Okay. Well, I also don't understand the machine's tracking system because it seems to only track the Enterprise when the Enterprise gets really close, right? And then the Enterprise moves away and it leaves it alone. So how is it like finding these planets if its radar system is so small? I think it's just because I think it's automated. I think it's just kind of going through space and as it runs into things, it's like cool fuel. But when it's attacked, it's, it changes its um, programming to defend itself. That's kind of how I understood it. Anyway. Okay. In that question, in that case, my question is, isn't space really big? What are the chances of even running into things? Ooh, that's a, I love that question. That, that is a good question. I have no idea. So if you just pointed, okay. So if you were leaving a galaxy, and you couldn't track any other galaxies, the chance of you hitting another galaxy 
is slim. in any reasonable time frame are, are probably pretty slim. Right. Um, <laughs> if you at least are able to like scan a, a star field and say, okay, I'm going to point towards that point of light, um, then the chance of getting to that point of light are pretty high. Um, right. And it appears to be moving pretty slow, right? Because they can catch up to it and... Yeah, I, I would say speeds in space are really hard to judge okay. and track. Um, but yes, it, they also, I mean, I think that's why I like this. This could have been, this could be tens of thousands. This could be millions of years old. Right. Um, so it could have just gotten to our galaxy after a million years between galaxies. Right. Um, basically sitting idle, just, it, right, once you're in space, you don't have to propel yourself. So once you get to speed, you just coast through empty space but this thing can be very very old and we and we don't get a resolution on what it is or all these minutiae hmm. which is also yeah. kind of interesting yeah they never really i mean they have a theory but they don't know that the theory is correct and they can't prove it so <laughs> yeah one way or another i think the lack of resolution here is itself a pretty nice resolution yeah i think so too i like it i i had some questions because they well and it's it's Again, it's a question there's no answer to, but they say something about a robot weapon. And then my thought was, wait, is this a robot weapon of a robot race or a robot weapon of an organic race? Um, and it's like, well, that doesn't matter either, but it's an interesting question. Yeah. Yeah, it's not really clear. I figure if it was a robot race, maybe the machine would have a little more sentience. Because um, it seems kind of dumb, right? It does. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's very dangerous. It's very formidable, but it's not. Yeah, well, and, it, and it's, it's a weapon. Yeah. Right? And, and another yeah. thing I like about this, um, right, the call out, the obvious call out that we have to talk to about uh, H-bombs. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. That, especially for the 60s, 70s, this is great, right? And, and even to today, right? We still have plenty of H-bombs on the planet. Oh, yeah. Um, but having this be an allegory about um, this the arms race of nuclear weapons is a very compelling uh, allegory. It's a great. Yeah. I mean, it's barely even an allegory, right? It's no, basically it, the service, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the service. They, they, they call it out. I think if they had the only called it out the first time, it's a it's a really compelling allegory. Then the later they come back and they say, "Hey, remember that thing I said before? Let's talk about H bombs again." <laughs> like, okay, maybe you're you're beating that dead horse a little much. But, um, yes, I would agree. <laughs> yeah it seems like that's the main anxiety and then of course the recurring anxiety that is talked about in a lot of episodes of like robots uh either like taking over or just becoming so dangerous that uh they're hard to defeat or so powerful um yeah that anxiety well <laughs> and, and you made a good point that this isn't even necessarily sentient this is just you know, this is a Roomba, effectively. Right, <laughs> right a death Roomba. It's <laughs> a Roomba with a gun strapped on it. <laughs> that, death Roomba, I love that, it. That 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 uh, powers itself with the dirt it picks up, right? That's what this is. Mm -hmm. um, and then somebody accidentally I turned it on. I wish a Roomba worked like that. That would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, that would actually be way better. <laughs> or that it powers itself with dirt. Hmm. Yes. Yeah, we should suggest not the, that. Not the gun on its back. No. Um, either either way. 
Yeah, but that's the idea here. That then you let that thing go, and then you, the the species that did that is long dead, but you still have this Roomba wandering around. Right, right. Um, Roomba doesn't know what it's doing. <laughs> oh, it's like that. It's like that, like internet short story or whatever, where you know somebody dies and um, they eventually decay because nobody finds their body, and then it's the perfect crime because their Roomba picks up their remains eventually when they turn to dust. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> What? That's a wild. I don't. I think. I've never heard this story. On, it's a good short story. Yeah. The Roomba did it. The Roomba totally did it. Like we are not it could have been. A, it could have been a murder. Roomba. Let's toss that. Although, if if Roomba would like to sponsor us, that is acceptable, and I would accept a Roomba. That's true. We could use business cards. Mm-hmm. I would happily say sponsored by Roomba. I have a dog, and he sheds. So, thanks, mm, bye. I have a dog, and he um, only sheds a Just don't let your Roomba become sentient. Or I guess not, not <laughs> sentient. The problem is that this is a non-sentient Roomba. Right. Do you have a sentient Roomba? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just saying... <laughs> he like, does. The problem isn't that your Roomba becomes sentient. <laughs> the problem is that you allowed your Roomba to become immortal. Maybe that's the way to <laughs> There we go. An immortal Roomba. This is, yeah. this is taking a turn. I can see how that would be problematic. <laughs> Well, it does raise. I have other questions for the end of how they knew they killed it, right? Which well, didn't right? like isn't they, they, clear. But they've at least stunned it. They've at least like damaged it. But... Well, maybe now that they've stunned it and they can actually contact Starfleet, they can be like, "Hey guys, so here's the thing. <laughs> there is a space Roomba, and we think we killed it, but maybe we should send a few ships to make sure." Oh, and by the way, the ships have to be destroyed. So. Bring your old ships, your throwaway ships, yeah, your plastic ships. Let's let's get some explosives and some ships we don't need anymore, and let's make sure it's dead. Well, this is, uh-huh, I mean, uh-huh. this is my answer in a lot of Star Trek episodes, but the solution is to to tow it into the sun, right? The sun of that, yeah, thing. just toss true. it in the sun. Just that's, just that's, throw it in. I think there's a lot of Star Trek episodes that I watch, and at the end, that's my assumption that they, that they sun catapult it. They're not going to show you because it's going to take a while, but they should just say at the end of a lot of episodes, okay, cool, we'll just throw it in the sun. <laughs> like a, that would summarize and wrap would, up a lot of things. Would help. It really would. You could do a lot with that. I'm a fan. I think it got thrown into the sun eventually. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a good solution. <laughs> well, also, in terms of the plot and everything with this episode, I will say that even though I thought it was boring and the pace was overly long that it makes sense right it was nominated for a hugo you guys i believe that hmm. yeah it was nominated for a 1968 hugo so i and i completely agree with that yeah. assessment yeah i think that's and it is it is james Dewan's favorite episode really, really? yeah <laughs> yeah that's what you said although it was dorothy fontana's least favorite so there's that too yeah, yeah so I, I agree I, with I, that was, maybe that's uh, <laughs> That's why I was trying to get at the beginning, like asking, is that I feel like this is kind of a polarizing episode that you either really like it or you think it's boring. Yeah, I think that's fair, and I think that that I think that's true about Moby Dick, frankly. <laughs> and I love Moby Dick, so sure. <laughs> of course I like this episode. <laughs> but there's just there's so many TOS episodes that I really really love. You know how I feel about this show. It is my life. We do, but we do know. Yeah, no, I don't know this one. It just it rubs me the wrong way with the pacing. See, and I think the pacing is all character driven. Yeah, I think it's fine. I find it. I found the pacing compelling. Weird. That's usually my argument. 
Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. I'm usually yeah, the one who gets angry about this. <laughs> yeah, it, it, and <laughs> it's weird to be on different sides of this one. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and, I, and I'm usually the one nitpicking, like, how does this thing work? Or, like, um, okay, that, what are they doing here? Or, like, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I think I'm much more willing on this one to say it's a black box, right? It's right. It's something from a, t- a, a species we've never met from a galaxy we'll never see. Um, and right. what's what's powering it? I don't know. It's it's a Raspberry Pi in there, right? Space. It's like <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have to be anything. It's just it's the things that they did, and we're not capable of figuring it out, which doesn't. They try to use that other places in Trek to less success, I think. I think that's true. Yeah. Man, this episode is throwing up our rhythms. Yeah, yeah. This is not the same. <laughs> what other what other notes do you guys have? Um, where I was going to say the most effective part of the episode, I thought, was the very beginning, where it's like three mysteries right from the start, right? Because like first a solar system's been destroyed and then another one, and then the constellation is missing, and then it's been attacked, and then Kirk can't find Matt Decker, and then there's the, (laughs) and then they have to board the ship. (laughs) Like, it's like six things all at once, and you're like, oh, this is going to be so exciting. Then I don't think it is. But there are those six things at the beginning. (laughs) You you started sprinting, and this one's a marathon, I think is how it Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. I think, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But all those things are, I feel like everything is resolved by the end, though. Like, I mean, other than you, know, you still don't really know what the origins of the of the giant spaceship is, but of Space Rumba. But still, I mean, everything to me is very, like, everything wraps up. Everything makes pretty much good yeah. sense. Like, characters act in the way you think they would. No, it does it does wrap up nicely and it and it makes I, I will say it wraps up nicer than a lot of the episodes we've seen. Yes. <laughs> Where you're just like, what is gonna happen now? No, really, guess, what's gonna happen? Yeah, the only outstanding question is like what happens to Decker? I guess he just I mean, he goes back to Starfleet and gets another ship. No, Decker died. Decker dies. Oh wait, oh boy, yeah. Wow, how did I forget that? Okay, that's <laughs> He flies into the spaceship and explodes himself. Right. It's a whole. And thing. remember, he's going to be go down in the line of duty. Yeah, yeah. No, he's definitely he's he's definitely doing the Ahab, huh? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a total. It's a total. Ahab I said on my notes. So, yeah. I can't believe I did. I forgot that Decker died there. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it wasn't memorable. Paul, you really didn't watch it. <laughs> Paul's like, I, I skimmed it. it. You don't I just, know I just what the it, costumes like, were. <laughs> I think I, I, I wanted to convince myself that Decker lived because he's such a, an interesting character. Hashtag Decker lives. Hashtag justice for Decker. <laughs> <laughs> we should start a blog. <laughs> <laughs> for what? For Decker. Just, Decker. Just, just of Decker, Decker things. Just It'd just Decker. be you, me, and, and Paul visiting. That'd be it. Yeah, pretty much. But that's fine. <laughs> I guess he, he does show up in the, he fuses some with, of... The, the intelligence in there, and he just becomes this thing when it powers itself back on. There we go. There we go. Ooh. I think there is, I think Decker does show up in some of the novels. I feel like he does. Oh, I haven't read all the novels. We use. I haven't either, but I feel like that He's is a there? thing that happened. <laughs> I feel like it's a thing. Hmm. So, so in terms of power, how powerful this is as a, a villain, or an antagonist. Mm. Um, 
this this is still below the Q line, I'd say, right? Like if a oh, Q yeah. is here, yeah. a Q could just turn Snap, it off. Snap and it's gone and it's fine. Right. But the question is, could Mitchell? Because that's, uh, that's, oh. that's directly below there the, we go. the Q line as we've been. Like if Mitchell was just on board, um, could Mitchell do something about this? I feel like I maybe. Mean, I... I'm not sure. That's where I'm at, right? Where I'm like, well, I'm not sure. <laughs> this is a big thing. Um, Mitchell, again, we, we have the, the sort of Mitchell from the episode, but then Mitchell later, like Mitchell a week from now, sure. But right. Mitchell in the moment, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know either. Maybe? Perhaps. <sighs> That's that makes my brain hurt. Right. So the question is, does this go above or below Mitchell? I I, I think. Well, what do we? What do you guys think? I have, I think I have. I a, would probably put it directly above, but maybe just a little. Yeah, I ordering. think I think yeah. it would be above or on the same level with. All right. I was, it I was doesn't say have the inte- above, it doesn't so. have the intelligence of Mitchell. Like it doesn't have the brain. Right, and I think that's Mitchell the difference behind it. But it also is just kind of, because it doesn't. There is. With Mitchell, you could still have a point where there was a bit of reason. Right. Whereas this thing has none. So you can't do nothing else. And this thing is moving around destroying planets. Right. Yeah, which is super bad. But on the other hand, it's destroyed. I mean, you know, exploding a starship is like a formidable weapon. But it's still like destroyed fairly easily with the resources at hand. Yeah. Yeah, my, my inclination was slightly above Mitchell, so I think that's where it goes. Okay, okay, good. I think both of you, uh, that's, I, I wouldn't have yeah. we're all in the same place on that, but I think that's where it is. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, that makes sense to me. Cool. New, uh, it's a new top of the list, edging out Mitchell, <laughs> so. Nice. Just by a bit, but we yeah. edged him out. Well, is it time for bingo? Yeah, we can play bingo. All right, so... Cliche bingo. I'm gonna make up a theme song. I wanna I have a couple of 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 clarifiers I wanna run by you. So first of all, the away team is trapped. They are not trapped on a planet, but they are trapped. So does it count? They're trapped. Yeah. Okay. That is yeah. that is acceptable to me. Yeah. Because I would say Yeah, I would say they are trapped, even though it's not a planet. They are right. off ship and they are trapped where they are. Yeah. Paul, are you okay with this? Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Okay. All right. My other one was, uh, so the visiting ambassador alien admiral is a jerk. Visiting, eh, they rescued him, but he's definitely a jerk. <laughs> yeah. Guest of the week, right? Yeah. Maybe where you... I would, I would say it counts. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Concur. Okay. All right. So that, that clarifies everything. Do you guys think we got bingo? Maybe. But, oh, wait. We have to give a definite I'm, answer. I'm going right? yes. I think there's a lot here. Okay. Then I guess I have to do no. You don't have to. Just to be pugnacious. Okay. <laughs> so to make sure that one of us wins. Yeah. <laughs> the answer is... No, we didn't give them no. We had have been close. We were, it was kind of close, though, because there were a bunch. I think it's just this bingo sheet. 
um, just they weren't in a line, so it didn't work out. But like Sulu sets the course, you know, the, (laughs) there is a, I'm a doctor, not a, yeah, there's an actor that is recurring. Um, the transporter, um, actor is in a lot. Um, ancient earth history is referenced. Yep, absolutely. They're trapped on the planet, and then the visiting person is a jerk. So there are actually quite a few cliches in this one, but um, but not 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 in a row in our in our lovely bingo sheet. So not this time, you guys. Oh, we did get that McCoyism, but not enough. Yeah, we did, which is worth a lot. Not enough to push us over. Yep. Cool. Oh, well, should we draw from the bag? Let us. The hat. hat. I'm sorry. The hat. hat. What bad? Oh, Chelsea. What's wrong with you people? All right. All right. Let's see what we've got. Do, do, do. What's it going to be? It's going to be season one, episode five, The Enemy Within. Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> A transporter malfunctions. Splits yes, Kirk, Captain yes, Kirk into does. two halves. One meek and indecisive. The other violent and ill-tempered. The remaining crew members stranded on the planet cannot be beamed Boy. up to the ship when the Tilda problem is oh, big. This is the one with Poor the dumb Rand. lion dog. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good one. I'm excited. Oh, man. It's a good one, and it's also a terrible yes, one. Yes, I'm it right is. There. I'm, I'm very right excited. I'm right there with you. All right. Awesome. There we go. There we go. Oh man, lion dog. It's gonna be great, you guys. <laughs>